And it is the Jim Eskimen Podcast, January 6th, 2016, and a happy new year to one and all. What a busy year 2015 was for me. I hope it was for you, too. Frequent listeners to this podcast and members of my family will uh, realize that I spent most of 2015 in airports, on planes, headed to over 30 speaking engagements. And that was a really interesting experience. I learned a lot. I talked about finding your voice uh, to IT and government people at conferences, the digital government summits all over the country, 31 state capitals. And I did a couple of other out-of-town shows, too. So very, very busy, very much on planes, and very happy to be off planes uh, for the most of the Christmas season. That was great. What a wonderful Christmas it was. Did you have a great time? I know a lot of us got sick at one point or another. I know I did. I, in fact, I missed a show I was supposed to do on New Year's Eve because I just was too snorky. And all I could do was impressions of celebrities, you know, with nasal infections. So um, missed out on that one. But beforehand, Christmas time was was really, really beautiful. I really enjoyed spending some time with my family. There's nothing like being in airports most of the year to really make you appreciate how nice it is to just sit around by the fire or pick up a book or take your daughter somewhere or hang out with your mom or your wife. And we had a great time. We had a big bocce tournament as we do every every Christmas. Almost every major holiday we have a big bocce tournament, which my daughter usually wins. She's been training since age five. So that's 20 years of training. That's That's a lot of bocce. And uh, so she won the $100 grand prize. Always a nice, tempting uh, little reward. And then we went to see Star Wars. I talked about Star Wars in my last podcast and my my Star Wars recollections from 1977. My Star Wars recollections from 2015 are still very fresh. You know, I just saw the movie. And uh, I liked it. I have to say it was great. It was very satisfying. I smiled through the whole thing. I didn't get too lost. I felt like I understood almost everything. There was one thing in it that I think might have been an Easter egg of some kind, uh, not a not a physical Easter egg, but some sort of clue or, or special thing thrown in for the fans that I did not understand. And that I don't even know how to explain what part it was in, but uh, that was the only thing. I kind of went, I don't really get that, and, uh, and stopped me for a microsecond, and then I burned on with the rest of the movie and really loved it. And it really is... Uh, what I, I guess George Lucas was talking about in an interview I saw with Charlie Rose. I watched the whole thing. It was so funny. Charlie Rose seemed to be just just manically insane. And George Lucas was, as usual, calm self, you know, very, very simple, straightforward. But Charlie Rose was trying to pin him down and asking him questions that, uh, you know, frankly, not easy questions. Were they even questions uh, at the end of the day? And And getting quite, I think, up in arms as sort of belligerent with George Lucas. Uh, you have to realize you are an icon, director, producer, creator, uh, studio owner. Where do you, what would you tell George Lucas of 1968? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. But anyway, George Lucas was saying that uh, his differences with the franchise were that uh, he wanted to carry on with the story as he saw it, and Disney wanted to do something for the fans. And I think they accomplished that. And I'm grateful, frankly, because I am a fan, but I'm, I'm more of a fan of those first, you know, few films that we saw in the 70s and 80s and not so much of the later ones for reasons that I already went into. So I was very satisfied, although I felt like, you know, every time I'd see something familiar, I'd go, oh, I've seen that before, but I like that. I like seeing that again with a new coat of paint or a new dusting of pixels or whatever it is. Anyway, loved the Star Wars movie. We took my mom to see it. She insisted. And uh, she seemed to like it a lot, too, and uh, really enjoyed it. Also, it wasn't a very full theater because I made the mistake of of trying to f- 
trying to get us into the best theater, which I heard was uh, the AMC Burbank 14 at the AMC Burbank 16. And it wasn't until after the movie that we came out. I was like, ah, there certainly weren't many people in this particular movie theater four days after it opened. I'm like, what the heck? So I looked around, and of course, it was a massively huge theater with um, 3D and uh, and the special sound, uh, which name I, I've not learned. And, and that was the one I was trying to get into, but I, I failed to do that. So I don't know. I, I just Getting movie tickets online is really challenging for me, and uh, I have yet to do it properly. And I look forward to that. That's one of the things I hope to do in 2016. Brand new year. I really don't know what I'm going to be doing. I kind of know the little things. Maybe you do. Maybe you know what you're going to be doing. Maybe it's all laid out for you. I don't. I have the the relaxed freelancer's uh, attitude towards the coming year, which is, uh, what the heck? Let's see what happens. I'm just going to keep uh, digging this trench and see where it leads me. There's quite a few interesting opportunities have already sort of floated in. They don't really bear much commentary at the moment, but who knows? I might wind up traveling again, or I might stay at home. I wouldn't mind staying at home, to tell you frankly, after that last year. I wouldn't mind staying at home and seeing what, what just sort of plops into my lap. Put out a couple of uh, fairly successful uh, videos in December on my YouTube channel. If you haven't been to my YouTube channel lately, please check it out. Uh, I think it's called Jim Pressions. Anyway, if you look up Meskimen in YouTube, you can find my channel easily enough. I revived a character that I love a lot, uh, Professor Nestor Jackdaws, and I did a video of him uh, talking about his favorite subject, which is getting creative and, uh, you know, not just going to the store and buying somebody a present. And I've done videos about that before, but this one, I, I had him do a little dance. Uh, it was really, I think, received very well, and it was only mildly humiliating to me as an artist, and, uh, and Nestor seemed to enjoy it a lot. In fact, he's right here. Yes, I am. Hello there, boy. How are you? I'm great, and uh, thanks a lot for helping me with that video. Well, you know, I'm very, very keen to uh, participate in anything that uh, sort of propels people into being more creative in their lives. Uh -huh. you know, I travel the world talking to different groups and, uh, and you know, trying oh. to inspire young people. And, of course, I've participated in numerous uh, uh, videos and uh, digital content right, right, with the right. same aim, basically, to get across to people that there is, you know, something uh, deep inside of them, deep inside of everyone, I think, that artistic impetus that rarely, you know, like a rangy mongrel dog must at last be fed. Yes, yes, that's true, and I, I, I really like that dance number. That was yes, uh, the dance yeah. was it was a sort of a last minute idea, and uh, you know, outside of uh, some very, very aching tendons and joints the next day, oh. I feel it was a you know, fairly. I, I emerged without uh, too much liability, hmm? and no lasting, uh, no lasting damage. None, 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 none whatsoever. No, no. Will you be making uh, more appearances, more videos uh, in, in your travels or, or whenever the mood strikes you? I think I shall. I think, uh, you know, it's good to stay in contact with the public. And the YouTube public hmm, is largely a very eclectic uh, group of mainly, to my experience, young men. Hmm? And, uh, you know, I'm not uh, really in any sort of connection with the youth of today, uh, you know, on any sort of direct level. So for me, it's a pleasure to you know, be able to uh, read the commentary and uh, answer the questions and, uh, and feel in some way that I'm getting through to, well, it's what I would have enjoyed, you know, growing up 
uh, in Oxmouth as I did uh, as a young boy, and having really no uh, no avenue for discussion with anyone who was an artist or a creative person at all. Most of the people uh, in my little hamlet that I lived in, just outside of Oxmouth, grew up to be veterinarians, which I had no interest in at all because I have such a, a low affinity for animal urine. Which is something that we share. I'm sorry? I mean, we we both share a kind of a, a revulsion for... Oh, yes, yes, I understand. Yes, I, I think it's pretty pretty typical sentiment for most people. Hmm. Well, thanks for popping by. And I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see you again. Oh, yes, you'll see me quite often. Goodbye. Goodbye. And he leaves us with just the gentle fragrance of tweed. So, uh, more videos on the way and more videos from me and uh, a lot more performing. And uh, we're going to see where this crazy year goes. Uh, Honestly, it's shaping up to be like a Louis Bunuel film. The whole year just looks like it's just, it could go either way. Hell in a handbasket, or maybe someplace even worse, or maybe someplace just delightful and warm and cuddly. I don't know. But it's going to be interesting. And I I have to pay attention to the political realm a little bit now because... uh, you know, the Republicans are going to be dropping like flies and the other Democrat is, you know, going to be probably shunted off to wherever, whatever, wherever old old candidates go. And uh, and so I'm going to have to isolate the ones that I can do. I did uh, I did Donald Trump uh, for Christmas and and uh, you might have seen that video that that was fairly successful. I imitated Robert Siegel as my favorite NPR announcer. And I, I sent it to Robert Siegel because I, he incautiously sent me an email one time. And so when I do an impression of him, I like, to, I like to tell him and I like to share it with him. And he was very kind. He said, very funny. Uh, so that's nice. It's going to be an interesting year. Hello again and welcome to Ion Security. My honored guest tonight is a name synonymous with national defense, uh, security, intelligence gathering, counter-terrorism activities. I'm speaking, of course, of retired Lieutenant Admiral Spooner Knife Fork. Spooner, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Rip. It's good to be here. Spooner, I uh, know that you have your finger on the pulse of all things having to do with security in this great country of ours and uh, any kind of... Counter espionage, espionage, counter counter espionage. But uh, mm-hmm. right now, I understand you're working with the people at Heideki, and uh, the Heideki technology is really moving forward very, very fast. And as you say in your book, Heideki technology, it's at the forefront of the counter terrorist movement here. Well, uh, it's true, Rip. Uh, Heideki technology, well, it's one of the oldest technologies of security. Uh, we have uh, rich well, history of Heideki. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, one could even say that the cave paintings themselves were a sort of a, a Heideki phenomenon. And, of course, they remained secret for many years. Heideki technology uh, is a, a way to bring a old technology forward into the future to make perhaps its greatest use. Uh, when we think of Heideki, we think of uh, an imitation rock right. that has a key in under it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it goes far more deep than that because uh, people live in different environments now. It's not just a suburb. Uh, That's the forefront of defense now is hiding a key in many different environments. That's right. 
Uh, for example, here's a here's an example. Uh, if you live in a, you mentioned in a suburb, of course, uh, people commonly hide keys in false logs, false rocks, false mm-hmm. paving stones, mm-hmm. even uh, even false woodland creatures like right. a, a squirrel or a deer. Right. Uh, but uh, in a city, in an urban dwelling, or in a very high tech government office or plaza, uh, one of these executive parks, uh, you don't have access to the same sort of decoys. So you have to you have to get pretty inventive then. Well, well now what uh, are some of the new high tech decoys that are being used, let's say, in an office building or... uh... Well, uh, without giving away any trade secrets or uh, betraying any of the clients that we work for, and uh, we work for top Fortune 500 and top government clients all over the world, Mm -hmm. uh, you can appreciate that there are opportunities when uh, what what we call saddling or or double saddling, and that simply means to uh, piggyback, if you will, uh, a security technology on top of an existing security technology. And we've had Uh great success in hiding keys, uh, and keys are still, of course, very uh, important. First build. line, first line. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, keys, we've hidden keys on actual security personnel without them even knowing. Well, that is fabulous, and I, that is cutting edge, and I'm so glad that you're the man with the finger on the pulse regarding this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic. Aren't you interested to know where exactly we hide things on security personnel? I'm keenly interested, Spooner. Well, for example, we have a, a fellow in a, a very sensitive location, mm-hmm. and uh, it has exhaustive security uh, uh, measures being taken all the time. Uh, the most high-tech, electronic, satellite-driven uh, things in the cloud. I won't bore you with it. But uh, this particular security chief, he's worked with the office for years and years. He's uh-huh. very vetted, very trusted. Uh, he happens to wear a toupee, and that is where we have hidden a key that not even he knows about. Oh, that is fabulous to know, and it, and I love that you're revealing to our audience trade secrets, but I know you're very, very crafty about what you want the public to know. And That's what the right. Public... You know, I take great pains to uh, cloak some of my statements in truths, half-truths, and uh, what I call nanotruths. Well, you are a name synonymous with nanotruths, that's for sure. If I can bore the audience for one moment, I do want to tell them of a story that Spooner and I had, uh, where I think this is where you got your keen interest, first of all, in high-degree technology. I am going back to the Korean War. Mm -hmm. Of course, we were serving in the same outfit, and uh, we had overtaken overtaken a North Korean bunker, and we knew that there were North Koreans in there, and you said, we got to figure out a way to get in. And then uh, you had said, hey, wait a minute, maybe there's a key. Maybe there's somewhere. a key. That's right. And we, we did locate that key. It was not very carefully hidden. It was just at the top of a, a doorway up there, like well, like any homeowner would put up. And uh, you'd think uh, with an important military uh, bunker, such as the one that we were uh, basically attacking, that they would be a little more careful uh, with putting a key. But uh, again, uh, old habits die hard. And that's right. where that uh, that's where that low-tech can uh, can bite you in the rump, if you don't right. mind my saying. Well, I can still sometimes at night see the surprised faces of those North Koreans when we walked in on them. No, better their faces than, than seeing your own surprised face at night when you go to sleep. Well said, Spooner. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking about the aspect of security that we take for granted. Uh, you're a real hero. My pleasure. Now, is this the door out? I can't... Hmm. I wonder where my ball is. This is a test. I don't make a list of resolutions uh, because, of course, you know, having done it once, it's so disheartening to see how little you actually accomplish. But I do have aims. I do have aims and goals. And, and one of them, I realize, is just to not be late all the time. I'm late too often. And it's an easy enough thing to do because it's an easy enough thing to justify in Los Angeles uh, and in other, any, anywhere I happen to be. 
Uh, I get interested in things. I see something shiny, and suddenly 20 minutes has gone by. But I know that I can, when I put my mind to it, I can be on time or I can be early, in fact. And so I'm making that a kind of a, a dedication. And I, I think, you know, because I know the experience of waiting for somebody and, and it's always uncomfortable. So I'm going to try to do better with that and not try to say my mind a, a little more often. I think that's a, that's a good thing for people to do, too. You know, say what's on your mind. Speak the truth. Uh, and, you know, don't uh, couch it in too much rhetoric, but just sort of get it out there and let people know what you think. I think that's important. And I'm going to try to be more useful to people and maybe not be so, uh, I don't know. I got the feeling the other day that maybe maybe I'm narcissistic. You know, you hear this word narcissism thrown around. And here as I'm talking to you and basically talking with myself in this booth, it's very easy to kind of fess up that, well, perhaps I am guilty of narcissism. Although narcissism, you know, it's one of those terms that probably is more or less uh, psychobabble anyway. You know, one of those things like, oh, you like yourself? That's a bad thing. You're confident? You know, that's bad. That's really, ooh, he's so overconfident. Really? He, he he's, takes an estimation of his uh, abilities and is, finds that he's satisfied with them. Gee, that's really a terrible crime. Um, I got a comment on, on YouTube today saying, oh, world's greatest impressionist. Well, that takes a lot of confidence. That's pretty over the top, isn't it? Well, it's just a phrase. It's just a phrase to get people to watch your YouTube channel, really. It's just marketing, positioning. What am I supposed to do? Position myself as the third greatest impressionist, which might have some legs, actually, now that I think about it. But anyway, I'm going to try to be uh, maybe a little more uh, outgoing as far as what do people want, you know, and what can I do that people really could benefit from and, and try to focus on that more and more. We can always do that more and more, obviously, within my own within my own agreement with uh with uh, the direction that things go and my own personal policies regarding such things. But, um, you know, I think it's always a bit of a recycling of one's purposes. You start a new year off and you go, well, that year some things went well, some things didn't go well. What can I do to really have a very satisfying one? Just as at the end of a life, you probably go, you know, wherever you go, wherever wherever you wind up, you know, you leave the body and you go, huh, well, that was an experience. What was that all about? What did I do wrong? What did I do right? What would I have done differently? In my case now, looking back on this lifetime, I think, you know, I would have done everything the same except I wouldn't have gone to see Prometheus. Well, those of you out there who started listening to this podcast probably because you heard me do impressions or watched me in The Impression Guys, uh, our web series, or the later incarnation Impress Me, uh, which was on Pop TV. Uh, probably have been wondering, what the hell happened to that show? And uh, where is Impress Me and and all that sort of thing? And as far as I know, there are still plans in the works uh, for it to be sold to uh, to Europe and to Australia. And so I would, I would really like that. I would like for my Australian friends and my British friends and my friends in the UK and in Europe to be able to enjoy this show. So there is a talk about that. There is a distributor for that. And I think there have even been some, uh, you know, some actual talks about it. So hopefully that happens. And I, I really, really, I yearn for that, that day when I hear that good news. And I'll, of course, share that with you. As far as the States, uh, right now it's kind of in limbo. But I believe they're talking about rerunning season one in March on Pop TV again, which uh, if you haven't subscribed to it or, or, or gotten bundled into it, uh, it's going to be hard to find, but uh, hopefully you can look it up at the time, and maybe it's already part of your uh, your TV channel library. 
in this very mass media world. But uh, I really enjoyed doing Impress Me. Director, writer Ben Shelton was uh, just sensational. He's he's going to be directing features, I think, this year. That's what I hope for him, and that's it's certainly in the works. I don't know what they are, and I hope to be involved myself. But in any case, he's got a big, big career ahead of him. Very talented, very lovely guy, decent uh, and creative, and just a very inspiring guy. Ross Marquand, my good friend Ross, uh, is uh, still walking with the dead on The Walking Dead. Dana DeLorenzo, our other co-star, beautiful co-star, is uh, on Ash versus the Evil Dead. So they're all, they're all taken care of in the zombie universe. Various other members of our, our cast have continued to do very well. Christina Bianco uh, has, is continuing to just be an incredible spitfire of impressions and singing. And uh, I think I think Christina and Christina, forgive me if you're listening, but uh, I hope this doesn't embarrass you. But I think you're going to have a magnificent singing career, a Broadwaddock sort of uh, wonderful singing career because you're just a sensational vocalist. And the impressions are great, but uh, you know, th- th- then there's your own take on things, which is going to be even more multifaceted and satisfying and aesthetic. And so. You know, five years from now, who knows? You may not be doing impressions at all. If you are, it's, of course, going to be delightful. But there's a whole big territory out there for Christina Bianco to mine just as a as a sensational vocalist in her own right. Me, I don't know where I'm going to go. I, like I say, it's all just sort of morphing around. I'm going to keep the animation going. I'm still working on uh, Marvel Avengers Assemble. I play Ultron, believe it or not. Still doing that. Uh, I'm also doing... Uh, Puss in Boots. I play a character, Uli, who is a German character. He's a little goat, and I play that on Puss in Boots, starring the very, very talented Eric Bowser, who also did a guest appearance in our Impress Me show. And who knows? New things are going to pop up all the time. I find that when I need work, and maybe this is a bit of advice to you budding actors and voice artists, when I need work, I just start creating. I start you know, doing a podcast or doing a video or doing any kind of recording at all. And um, I get it out there. I let people know. You know, I do a live show. I, I say yes to something. And that helps a lot. Also, look around for people that need your help. You know, you can advise people. You can help people in any sort of way. And that def- definitely loosens things up for me. I start to take my attention off myself and what I need and I put it on other people, and then all of a sudden, wonderful opportunities walk in the door. It's pretty magical and perhaps a bit mystical, but I've noticed uh, over the last 30 years that, uh, boy, that's a dependable piece of information there. So I hope that does you some good. Looking for the best acting school in Los Angeles? Well, there's only one place to look. That's the Acting Center LA. Uh, The Acting Center is in uh, Sherman Oaks right now. It's just moved to a beautiful new facility. And go to their website, www.theactingcenterla.com, and check it out. Come and see the classes. It's the only school of its kind in the world where they really teach acting in an organized fashion and without this emphasis on a guru telling you uh, what you're doing wrong or what you're doing right or what they love about your work or what they wish you had done and all that nonsense that just makes it sort of a cookie pattern uh, actor. No, this is, this is a real tremendous technology that they use there at the Acting Center. My wife, uh, full disclosure, is one of the founders, uh, but that notwithstanding, it's the place I study, it's the place I recommend, the Acting Center in L.A., www.theactingcenterla.com. Thanks to Jeff Levin for the music. Thanks to Tate Rupert for the improv. I'll be back uh, talking to you real soon. Thanks a lot for listening. 
I appreciate it. Please leave me a comment. Uh, tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you'd like me to address, if anything. Or if you'd just like to hear me blather, let me know that. And uh, have yourself a great year. I'll talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye.